Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. It is February the 22nd. We're almost, well, we're more than halfway through first quarter. Hopefully all of you guys are on track, if not ahead of your goals. I know a lot of you have had to wade through the literal snowfall that's covered most of the country. And for all of our friends and family back in Texas, we're so happy to see that those storm clouds are finally clearing and you guys can get back to some resemblance of normalcy. Um, And look, Julie and I started something this morning that it's free and we want all of you to attend. It's a, a clubhouse event. If you're not familiar with the Clubhouse app, just Google what the Clubhouse app is. To summarize, it's the fastest growing social app, either since Facebook or even maybe faster growing than Facebook. It's an audio only app. I don't want to try to explain it. Just go to YouTube or whatnot and just um, read about it. It's pretty phenomenal. I've been talking about it a lot on our Sunday podcast because I think it's going to be the biggest thing in communication since the Gutenberg Press. I know that's a huge statement. The Gutenberg Press was um, seen as the biggest um, evolution in mass communication because it allowed for the you know a printed page to be uh, printed off in the form of a newspaper. I think Clubhouse is actually going to, or at least similar apps. Who knows who the you know the winners are going to be? But I think Clubhouse and the similar app technology that's being developed around spoke you know basically spoken word and honest conversations. I really think that's going to be the biggest thing in social networking. And don't believe me, just look at how many new users are joining. It is still in beta. Uh, it is only available on iPhone, so it's got a long way to go. Um, but if you are are on iPhone, um, absolutely download the app, reserve your um, name, and then they will, generally speaking, allow you in within uh, maybe two weeks or less. And when you're there, or if you're there already, I want you to join us every morning at 8 a.m. East Coast, and then obviously 5 a.m. West Coast. It's called, the the room we're running is called Masterclass Mindset, Motivation, and Money. Masterclass Mindset, Motivation, and Money. It's not just hosted by Julie and myself. It's hosted by a lot of other top coaches that Julie and I are friends with, and a lot of uh, top producing real estate agents. And I'd love for you guys to participate. It is a fantastic way to start your day. So Julie, we are talking about team building, and mm-hmm. we were we picked this topic up last week. And um, the essence of uh, our philosophy on teams is we're being as succinct about it as possible. We are absolute advocates of building teams, but we're advocates of building teams that are designed to be profitable from the onset, not hoping and praying that there's profit left over after the transactions are uh, you know have flowed yes. through. Exactly. So last week we talked about the things that are team eroding, team destroying, uh, making teams fail. And we didn't want to keep it all that negative, but some of those things are obvious. Some of them are uh, underlying until you discover them. So we went over all 10 points that are team destructive. And now we're going to talk about successful teams. What actually makes for a successful team? So I'm going to jump right in if that's absolutely okay. okay so number one, Maintaining the magic number of listings at all times. So successful teams maintain the magic number of listings at all times and know how to replace listings as they sell in a predictable, duplicatable way. Lead generation is proactive, 
prospecting-based and marketing-enhanced. So there's a lot to that one point. You're teeing me up for the real estate treasure map. I am indeed. And so what this is, guys, when she talks about the magic number, it's simply a a formula that we, you know, created basically years ago. And lived for years. It lived for years, right? When we sold real estate, because as a lot of you guys know, Julie and I were selling between 100 and 200 houses per year for about 10 years, sold over 100 houses our first year in the business in in our early 20s. And so the real estate magic number is simply the number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial, you know, your goals, your expectations, your obligations, your commitments. The real estate magic number is not complicated to figure out, but it is critical that you understand the concept because it's going to save you from a lot of the pitfalls that frankly um, ruin agents' businesses and their potentiality. We want to give you the real estate magic number. We want to give you the real estate treasure map. The real estate treasure map, the essence of the treasure map, the essence of what the treasure map is, it's our fill-in-the-blank business and personal uh, life plan. It's You can call it a business plan, but it really truly is a life plan. And when you complete this, the, the uh, output is going to be a lot of important numbers, the most important of which is knowing the number of listings you need at all times to meet or exceed your financial goals and expectations. So what I want you to understand is that you're going to most likely uh, fall behind your actual potential if you get too distracted from anything other than focusing on the magic number of listings you need at all times. So to receive this, and it is free, um, you can buy this on the on Amazon, uh, but I want to just give you this book, okay? It's called The Real Estate Treasure Map. Just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link to not just the treasure map, but also a lot of other great books, including your 12-monthly generation guide and Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, which is an iteration of Napoleon Hill's great book, Think and Grow Rich. Yes, only it is practical and tactical translating how you actually use what you read in Think and Grow Rich. So let's stay on this point just for a second, because when I have or when you have an agent who's considering joining a team, one of the first questions I ask if they've identified a team that they might want to join is, does that team actually have listings? Because if they have no listings or very few listings or they're not you know, established as a really kick-ass listing team, you should keep looking. Absolutely. And because that, they're not going to have enough for you. But that goes actually, that circles back around to the you know free, previous points we yep. made by why teams fail. Yes. The biggest reason is because they're all predicated on buying leads. Right. Teams will fail and you'll always fail if your business is uh, dependent on being passive and buying your business. Full stop, nothing more to say, mic drop. Indeed. Okay. There but, you are. But hey, I want you to think about this, guys. It's a very interesting concept. Julie and I teach you to be proactively lead generating first and and then basically, so if you want to look at marketing, right, there's proactive lead generation, there's passive lead generation, or there's proactive marketing and there's passive marketing. Julie and I are always going to tell you to be proactive marketers and lead generators first. And then if you choose to be passive, then you can choose to be passive after you've mastered the art and science of being a proactive lead generator. I know that just sounds like I'm playing with words, but it really is critically important. And here's the essence of why it's important. And listen to me. And if you've been in real estate for any amount of time, you're going to end, you're going to say hallelujah when I'm done saying this. Ready? Many of you are being taught incorrectly really bad business techniques where you're supposed to basically buy your business. And buying businesses in the literal sense from like overpaying of referral fees, but it's also from social networking, from branding, any of those types of passive activities that are absolutely the zeitgeist of every real estate um, you know, evangelist nowadays. They're all going to tell you to work on your brand. They're all going to tell you to buy leads. They're all going to tell you clever Facebook ads and Instagram videos and hell, even Clubhouse, right? They're always looking for ways to generate leads passively. But here's the ultimate fallacy in that. A, it's unpredictable. 
You cannot predict when you're going to get something from the passive. B, we know that the digital generated ads, essentially internet generated ad, or I'm sorry, leads, are the worst quality leads that you can possibly get. Oftentimes, no better than just going to an old school phone book and ripping out like 10 pages and right. having and calling those leads. The leads that you get from online lead generation are garbage, and you guys know that. Not the people. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about lead quality. So be very clear about that. If your goal is to generate a bunch of leads that might someday, hopefully, and typically it's 18 months, 3 to 4% will actually transact, there's no guarantee they're going to transact with you. Again, does anyone think about this or tell you the truth about all this? No, they do not. Why? Because they're trying to sell you lead generation. But the biggest reason why we want you to be proactive lead generators is because this great analogy that actually I heard, which I wish I would have thought of because it explains it so succinctly, you are going to build a mansion. The mansion is going to be your future. The mansion is going to be represent the future of your family. Maybe even it's a literal mansion, right? It's your financial future. It's your potentiality going forward. Are you going to build that mansion, aka your business, on somebody else's land? It doesn't even make sense, right? I know there are such things as land leases and people actually do that, but would you ultimately want to build your mansion, your house, your future on someone else's land or land that you own? Of course you want to build it on land that you own because then you can control what happens in the future. When you build your business predicated on buying leads, you are building it on somebody else's land. And all you don't have to even go back that far in history to, for me to prove this point. What happened to Vine? Remember that social networking thing? Poof. I mean, there's a guy moving here. I talked about this on Clubhouse this morning. By here, I mean to Dorado, Puerto Rico, where Julie and I live. I don't know who this gentleman is, but evidently he's quite famous. Uh, Logan Paul, I guess he's some sort of famous YouTuber. Well, I was reading an interesting profile of him on Bloomberg, and they said that he started out, kind of got his uh, road to fame from being on Vine, and then, I guess, which is a social networking platform. Well, he invested a lot of money, time, and effort into Vine. Vine goes out of business summarily, and there goes all of his, basically, his, his activity and, his, and everything else he put forth towards it. Okay, he thought, well, I'll just move over to YouTube, bigger platform owned by Google. That'll be a better place for me to build my castle, build my mansion. Well, guess what YouTube does? He puts up a video that enough people find objectionable. I didn't see it, don't know anything about it, not going to comment on it, um, don't want to get involved in it, just listening to the point hopefully is what you're getting from this. And then YouTube then bans him and bans all of his video and boots him off the platform. So he has essentially built this big career of you know being a social influencer type just to have the rug pulled out underneath him. And now he's just effectively, he's trying to look for ways to, I guess he's becoming an amateur boxer or something. I don't really understand. Well, what, but this is a case study in building your castle on somebody else's land. Yeah, he exactly. lost control of his content. He lost control of any advertising, any revenue he got from that. He's lost control and now he has to go do something else. I remember we had friends back in when the internet lead generation marketing guru space mm -hmm. really started exploding back in 2000, 2008, who were making, Tim Ferriss was one of them, right? Sure. I mean, we met, you know, we met Tim Ferriss years ago and he was making gobs of money from mm -hmm. affiliate links out of Amazon. Right. Amazon, you, he would mention him on his podcast. He'd mention him all over his book. Read his original printing of his book. It is chocked full of affiliate links. That's where he was making his money off mm -hmm. affiliate links. Well, Amazon basically made that sort of it, that thing. It's no longer really viable. It doesn't pay out the same percents. So his source of business went away because he didn't control the land he was building his mansion on. This is the problem with most essentially real estate brokers and agents' businesses. They control nothing. All they're doing is being opportunistic. Somebody emails you, somebody calls you, hey, Bob, would you like to buy a bunch of leads? You have that little salivation. You salivate like um, the Pavlovian dog and you say, leads? Yes, I want leads. You're pounding the easy button. My buyer agents need leads. Yes, yeah. I hit the easy 
busy button. And then you keep, you never take the time to actually learn how to be a proactive lead generator. And by the way, the best thing about what Julie and I, one of the best things we teach you to do is when we teach you to do proactive lead generation, proactive lead generation, those leads cost you nothing. Nothing. You're always going to be spending. um, You're always going to be all lead generation costs you something. Be clear about this. You're either going to be spending with uh, essentially money to buy leads and hopium, hoping that it'll work, or you're going to spend it with your time. You can control your time. And ultimately, when you can control the skill set, you then can control the results. You cannot control the results from passive lead generation. So when you're wondering why a lot of these big teams blow up and why these big brokerages have no profit, if you're wondering why most of these big name agents you know actually are not truly rich, they're just, they just have lots of cash flow. If you're wondering about that, it's for the reasons and many more that we just shared with you. Hopefully, we're not firehousing you. Hopefully, you're understanding the point of what we're trying to tell you. We're trying to save you from having to learn what, frankly, the mistake that's being made since, by the way, the 90s. This business philosophy of teams and buying leads and branding all this has been around for 30 years. It's not new. It's never really worked. And yet still so many people out there treat it as the, you know, the first thing they should do. If you want to supplement your proactive lead generation, if you want to supplement that type, you know, the skills based into the real estate industry with marketing that's passive, do it that direction. Do it that way. And that's perfectly fine. If you do it the other way, you're building your house on somebody else's land. Obviously, hopefully you understand that point now. And you're never going to be in control of what actually will be the results. That is what happens when you build a business in the wrong order. That's right. So point number two, the team leader is excellent at lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. Thus, they can hold team members accountable to those critical jobs. Now, I'm going to add something that I came across I don't know, two or, th- two or three coaching calls because, you know, the market's fast and furious right now. Yep. And agents are getting a bit slammed. So they are sending their leads away. Okay. Now, sometimes that's to team members. Sometimes that is to referral agents. But let's just say I- I'm giving you a lead expecting a referral fee because I'm slammed. I- maybe I'm a really good listing agent. But I have stopped pre-qualifying them myself. And so once you stop doing that, converting the lead yourself and seeing what kind of quality do they also, by the way, which home in the area do you plan on selling? That's not getting asked anymore. So then when you do that, you've made it impossible to hold that person accountable because you don't even know anything about the lead at that point. So that's why point number two, the team leader is excellent at all of these pieces and parts of the business so that there can be accountability. The two most important parts of any successful long-term business is going to be lead generation. Well, I'd say one of the two most important parts, okay? it's There's like five of them, but the two most important ones for the sake of why most teams fail is they never master the art and science of proactive lead generation and the point that Julie just made. They do not learn how to actually effectively pre-qualify. And then there's presenting and then there's negotiating and then there's closing. But you don't get to the presenting, negotiating, and closing if you suck at the first two. Exactly. And if you only get good at the first two, proactive lead generation and pre-qualifying, well, I'll throw the third one in there, which would be presenting. If you only get good at those three activities in real estate, I, I, we give you full permission to be terrible at everything else yeah. because you can easily delegate it. You can easily hire it in. 
You know, you, you do not have to get good at anything other than proactively generation, pre-qualifying and presenting. And negotiating to some degree. But, to right? some but, degree. But well, now it's more like choose the best offer. Exactly. So, I mean, how know. much negotiating are you truly you doing You can get now? away a lot if you're a buyer's agent. But if the listing agent, you know, you win. Boy, buyer's agents are <laughs> getting abused nowadays, they? are so they? abused right now. I, I've been helping a lot of Buyer's people, agents so. who are prominently buyer's agents Ooh. who you guys think you get into this business and you have to somehow, you know, do buyer sides, then eventually you can become a listing agent. Hopefully you're now realizing what Julie and I have been saying for decades, that you can become a listing agent right out of the gates is true. You know how we know that? Because that's what we did selling over 100 houses our first year in our early 20s right out of college. You guys can do the same thing. If you, you're proactive. You don't, right. Then we were, and we still are. And you don't have to wait around for the market to base, the, you know, being a buyer's agent, you don't have to pass through those, you know, the tower of Modor. <laughs> Did I get it right? <laughs> that's pretty much what it's like yeah. right now. To, that, you know, have your butt handed to you. I mean, we're seeing on transactions where the buyer's agents to get their off, their above offer accepted from a listing agent and a seller, the buyer's agents now are having to sweeten the deal by reducing their commissions to 1%. That's not a, a one-time case that we've seen. We're seeing this bubble up more and more and more. I'm also seeing buyer sides uh, offer to pay the, the listings uh, title fees. I'm seeing them pay, you know, all, all kinds of other stuff, right? Sweetening the deal by choosing mine before midnight. I'll give you a $500 signing bonus. But I will tell you one thing, and then I've got to get to coaching client in a second. Um, here's one thing that I do think every single buyer's agent needs to be doing, and it does seem to do the trick or at least gives you, puts you in that upper echelon of competition. And that is having the lender, assuming that they're actually pre-approved and not just screwing around, having the lender call the listing agent and say, I have done the following. I have vetted them for, their, they have a real down payment. Their ratios are fine. I actually checked But wouldn't the ultimate anecdote to that, do you use our ultimate addendum? Yes, and but actually... I'm having them do both. Okay. They're sending it in paper. And if that listing agent's like, oh, well, I'm just going to take whoever's the highest. And they don't even look at it because there's so many offers flying around. You have to actually have your lender call and say, I just wrote this with so-and-so. This is the best uh, offer that you're going to see. And here's why. Right. And that seems to be, you know, helping a lot. If you're a premier coaching member, you got to download. It's called is the, ulti the ultimate addendum. The ultimate addendum. And you can use that on both the list side and the buy side. And what that is, essentially, we originally created this because on our listings, we were getting these offers and these lenders letters that are attached to it that were essentially a bunch of hooey, in essence. And in the lend boilerplate, boilerplate, vanilla, vanilla and where the lender wasn't doing a three merge credit report, wasn't verifying assets, wasn't doing, I wasn't actually working the file. And here's, just listen to what I'm telling you right now because it's going to save you so much pain and anguish. Lenders are coached, not by us, to not spend any time on your buyer's application until the buyer is in contract on a house. So they will have a cursory education, sell them on why they should use them. They will spit out some sort of lender's letter, but they will not ask for, they will not do a three merge credit report, not do any verifications of anything. And so you're going to then be working night and day on this buyer and get, you know, have the market hand you your butt constantly and just, you know, Finally, you get this buyer in contract only to find out that the buyer's actually not qualified to perform because the lender didn't completely carry it into the end zone like you thought they did. So Julie and I wrote the ultimate addendum, which which forces the lender to actually having to have done all that work. Now, if you're on the listing side and you get an offer from an agent, you can assume the lender's letter is basically a boilerplate piece of CRAP. So you send back that we accept your offer. It's great. You have 24 hours or 48 hours to basically provide um, the ultimate, essentially verify 
verification of all these things. And we want that back in the form of a lender's letter. So the only thing that the lender's letter can be subject to is appraisal. And that's assuming it wasn't the appraisal contingency wasn't, wasn't removed from the contract. Do you guys understand what I just said? That's the only way, especially on the list side, you should be accepting offers. And if you want to have an unfair advantage in the marketplace and the buyer side, have actually a, a lender actually have done their job. Yes. And that I, I see an interesting development on the lender side because lenders are tired of buyers losing deals too, right? They don't get paid if it doesn't close. So some of the savvy lenders are doing like a uh, pre-approved guarantee letter. And they're, they're doing that as a marketing thing for buyers where if you don't win, then they'll pay like part of their closing costs or something like that. So that's bubbling up and the lenders have figured this out and they're doing like a, an extra pre-approval letter, gold star, whatever. And so what I'm telling agents, because there's there's so much flying around, that's, that by itself is awesome, but you also have to call the listing agent and make it very clear what you've done because not all listing agents know the difference. They're not all, unfortunately, listening no. to us, right? Some of them think a lender letter is a lender letter. Check, got a lender letter. There is a huge difference. A huge difference. And I've got to call somebody in Long Beach. You do. Well, go have a great co yes. coaching client in Long Beach. And I know who you're calling and ask yeah. her when she's joining your EXP oh, team. <laughs> okay, good. What point am I on? Okay, point number three. Okay, a team is a small, well-oiled, efficient machine. Uh, typically, this includes team leader, listing agent, referral agents instead of buyer's agents, transaction coordinator, uh, client care specialist, and photographer. Now, I'm going to drill down. This is Julie's point. I'm going to drill down on this a little bit more. So here's how you can run an efficient team. And I realize there's a lot of pressure on a lot of you when you get into the real estate industry to think that the natural progression in your career is to form a team. I want you to be very skeptical of that advice because generally speaking, the people that want you to believe that are the same people that are, guess what, training you on how to form a team, who are selling you leads that your team's going to need. In other words, they have a dog in the fight of you basically following that pathway. Now, you can form a team. There's nothing wrong with that. But the way we coach all of you guys to do it is to form a profitable team. And by profit, we mean that your average transaction should result as you being the founder of said team, you know, at least 50%. And that's something that's unheard of in the real estate industry nowadays. Even on the brokerage side, most brokers make less than 3% net. Most teams make less than 10% net. So you're better off if your goal is to make net profit, you're better off actually not having a big team because your profits erode. Now, it wasn't that way originally when this big, you know, team idea came around in the 90s. That's when it was originally formulated. And the reason that it was it worked then is because the way that teams were, and specifically buyer's agents were paid, was completely different. They were generally speaking not paid any more than thirty percent. They were expected to proactively lead generate. They weren't, uh, you know, they weren't. They didn't have the sense of entitlement that you were going to be giving them leads constantly. Commissions in many markets were more. I mean, there are all kinds of different things that were making it so that real estate teams back when Julie and I were selling real estate, frankly, were much more profitable than they are now. So once you guys keep all these things in mind, that the model you're following, have you actually researched whether that model is transaction and volume uh, producing and profit reducing, or whether it's profit focused, and then basically you can then focus all your transactions on the amount of profit you want to make. In other words, we want you to put profit first, not profit last. If you put profit last, you know, you, you basically net with whatever's left over, you won't have any profit. So one of the things that we always, and this is a very consistent thing we see with all um, modern teams. Again, they're very running very low margins. Now, I've described this before, but it's worth describing it again. 
if you have a business, and I'm going to choose simple numbers because Julie and I were English majors and <laughs> simple numbers are easier for us. But if you have a business, a real estate business that does 100 transactions per year, generally speaking, and let's say you have buyer's agents and you have staff, and let's say you followed you know, one of these current very uh, overhead intensive business models that people suggest you do. Let's say you're going to have 50% on the buyer side, 50% on the seller side. And say, let's say you made a million dollars and you, you'd see that, you know, essentially, and the, the revenue is split half and half too, right? 50, uh, 500,000 comes off the buyer side, 500,000 comes off the listing side. So good so far, right? But then when I discover consistently, and this really started happening probably about maybe 10 years ago, when I look at these profit and loss statements, what I started seeing consistently was that the listing side of the business was subsidizing the buyer agent side of the business. So remember, both sides earned the same amount of money, 500,000, 500,000. But what you'll see is the expense side on the buyer agent side is more than 500 grand. So that the listing side, the 500 grand that comes off the listing side of the business, maybe 100 or 200,000 of that was going to actually keep the buyer side of the business uh, transactional. And that is really, really crazy. And be, why do agents continue to do that? Because they don't have the thought that I just had them. They're told to run a profit and loss statement. They blend the expenses. They don't actually think in terms of you know transactional sides. They don't think like what I just described to them to think. And when they do, it's always a harsh uh, reckoning with reality that they followed the wrong path. That doesn't make you a bad business person. That doesn't mean you're not potential of greatness. That doesn't mean that you can't do something extraordinary with your business and your life. You just got to realize the ramifications of the decisions that you're making. And frankly, the ramifications of the people you're listening to. So here's what I always suggest to people. When I do this math consistently, um, I'll, again, I always find out the listing side, which normally goes to all the team leaders' profit. I almost always find that that's subsidizing the buyer side of the business. I tell them to consider, or at least play around with the numbers. And here's what I tell them. I'll tell all of you guys the same thing. If you, again, 100 age, 100 transactions, 50 to the seller side, 50 to the buyer side, you know, buyer's agents returning out the buyer side of the business, the team leaders having to buy buyer leads. They've only been in business for been a five or six years. So they've only been in this business during this era where buying buyer leads is normal and buyer's agents expect to be fed leads. You have all these transaction coordinators and marketing specialists and social network specialists and all this media garbage that's going on. You're doing all of this stuff, okay? Because people told you you're supposed to do it. And and you didn't stop to think, well, what's the output? Why am I doing this? What's the point? Is the point profit? And if it is, is that actually going to lead to profit or just more expense? Are you listening, listeners? I hopefully you are. So what you then will just quickly discover is in like 99% of the time, that team leader, you know, Bob who runs Bob's team, okay, he's going to be better off had he not actually had any buyer's agents, no support staff to support the buyer's agents, no, you know, $15,000 a month to Zillow or all the other things you guys are spending money on. He would have been way better off if he'd just taken those buyer leads and referred those to independent buyer's agents in his marketplace. Yes, what I just said to you, 99% of the time, Bob's going to make more money if he just charges a 25, in some cases, 35% referral fee. Send that referral out to an agent in your marketplace who has no ambitions other than working with buyers. That's what they love to do. And send that buyer on the way. Now, before you do it, you absolutely want to pre-qualify them first to find out if they have a house to sell. And if they have a house to sell, they go on a slightly different path because you want the listing, right? And then maybe in that particular case, uh, you might want to work that buyer side yourself, uh, depending on you know whether you want to and frankly, whether 
together financially, it makes sense for you to. Once you build up enough listing inventory, you're going to start being total control of your real estate business. And then you're not going to be so seduced by the ego telling you that you're not successful until you sell 500 houses a year. That's the path to financial destruction. If you want the path to profit, you have to think like a business person. You cannot be thinking like a real estate agent who's just trying to chase the next shiny object, who's trying to chase the rabbit and trying to basically uh, sell more houses just for the sake of selling more houses. Selling more houses just for the sake of selling more houses does not equal more net profit. Net profit is the goal because with that net profit, you can reinvest it. Once you have enough multiple sources of passive income, you are by definition of rich. And again, this is all part of the real estate treasure map. Just text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And our definition of rich, it's in our book. It's our best-selling book, Harris Rules. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else. Definition of rich is very simple. It's where your money works for you. You no longer have to work for your money. So in many cases, you probably, if you had $10,000 coming in passively, by our definition, you'd be rich. Rich being that you don't have to worry about where your money's coming from anymore. How would that feel? How are you going to do that? There are many ways to go about doing it. There are a few paths that are essentially where you will have very low risk of failure on your journey. Um, and frankly, buying rental properties is the traditional one that seemingly works the best. Look at all the wealth that's being created in rental properties right now. The other one I love, and I think it's something all of you guys need to take a hard look at, is definitely joining eXp Realty. I know some of you guys are frustrated because we talk about that, but it, it just have your mind open to it. You guys know if you listen to us on a regular basis that we're in this for you. Okay, We're doing this. We say do this podcast, all the other things we do because we're intentionally trying to help you. We're doing, we're even being maybe overly, well, I am probably being more confrontational than maybe some of you want me to be. I'm trying to get past maybe your natural resistance to change so that you see the potential that you still have. You know, nothing makes me happier. It makes me feel more fulfilled professionally, okay? I always differentiate professional versus personal, but nothing makes me feel more happy when I get an email or a text. Julia, the same thing. I mean, we'll share it with each other. Or even a great book review where someone was saying, thank you for this. You said this, that was made a pivotal change. You did this, you said this. I've had people come up to Julia and I at live events and you know, tell us something we said on the podcast like five years ago, which maybe I remember saying or don't, and maybe Julie does or doesn't, but it made such an impact on them. They remembered it verbatim. And that really makes us feel really, very frankly, makes us feel very fulfilled because our highest and truest purpose on this planet is being of service to all of you. Your highest and truest purpose on this planet is being service to your real estate clients right? Professionally speaking, not personally, professionally. So I would be out of integrity. Our company would be out of integrity if we weren't telling you guys about eXp Realty. So if you're offended in any way by us talking about this, I just challenge you to set aside your, your, you know, essentially your biases and have, let's have a conversation. Text me directly, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And uh, yeah, let's see if the XP Realty is a fit for you. I pretty much can guarantee you that it is. Whether you're ready or not to move over and be part of Julian I's XP Realty group, that's a different conversation that I'd love to have, 512-758-0206. So thank you for all the wonderful feedback on the podcast. You guys can, I, I appreciate the fact that many of you are um, noticing that we've intentionally um become a lot more intense this year. It's because we really do 100% believe that we are now, um, it, we're essentially at the foothills of a mountain. It's The mountain is going to be the best real estate run in history. Even the biggest, you know, 
you know, what would you want to call them? Pessimists about the economy. Yeah, I, I can give you guys books I've been listening to and reading. Well, read the latest book by Jim Records. Uh, Jim Records, okay? And his book, he is a the a money U.S. currency is going to fail, massive inflation, deflation, waves of locusts, the whole thing. And then when asked where people should be putting their money, what does he say? Residential real estate. And residential real estate is going to be one of the biggest winners of whatever happens next in the economy with inflation and the rest of it. You are in the right place at the right time. You, your past self needs to get a gold star for helping you be motivated in the you know past for getting your real estate license. If you're thinking about getting your real estate license, get your real estate license because this is going to be the greatest run of real estate probably for at least in at least the last 100 years. Demo Graphics are in the favor of real estate transactions uh, booming. You're looking at all kinds of, you know, essentially government intervention, making it so that it's inexpensive to borrow a house. The trends and the uh, uh, the the mindset about owning real estate as a result of COVID that's completely changed, right? And even the perception of being in real estate is completely changed. For a long time, being in real estate was akin to I don't know eating ants and glass in a blender. I don't know. I mean, most of the people so USA Today used to do a poll every year. They don't do it anymore. Is there even a USA Today anymore? I'm not sure. Any event, they do this poll every year, and real estate agents from you know is the most respected to least respected professions, and uh, real estate agents were always at the bottom of the list. I'm not so sure if that poll were done today, that would still be true. Everything about real estate has shifted in the last really 10 years. You know, you have a lot of celebrity types that are in real estate. Real estate now is going to become a more desirable profession. And I'll tell you what's more, no one's talking about this, and I don't have any analytical data to prove this, but it doesn't not make sense what I'm saying to you isn't true. I bet there is going to be an absolute surge in people getting real estate licenses because of COVID, because they've seen loss of income, because they're looking for replacement income, supplementary income, because frankly, there were, you know, on lockdown with nothing to do, so they took online real estate courses. I bet you you're going to start hearing reports from National Association of Realtors of an absolute surge in real estate agents, right? This is going to create more momentum in the industry. So guys, listen, you are in the right place at the right time. Now, it is absolutely imperative that you not waste time chasing shiny objects. You not, must focus all your best energies every single day by making the most of what this market has to offer, being of service to other people. And it's time you lock it in and start building your legacy. If not for you, for yourself, and for your future and for your future, for, you know, your grandchildren and whatnot. Think big like that. We'd love to discuss doing, uh, being your coaches. We'd love, love to discuss you guys being part of our EXP family. Um, our main website is timandjulieharris.com. Check it out. If you want to text me at any time, this is my real text number. It's 512-758-0206. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.